I want to minister to you with the help of the Lord. And I am going to say, praise the Lord, that uh, there's, uh, I'm half sad and half kind of excited. But the Bowleys are not going to be in Florida this year because that's the half excited part. Okay. The half side part was they lost their summer home. Oh, seriously, yeah. Praise the Lord. But you know what I told the Lord? I said, Lord, you can make it up. You can give us an easy winner. So at the Bowley's expense, let's pray we have an easy winner. Praise God. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you can make it up to him. You can give us an easy winter. I want to talk to you today with the help of the Lord on preparation. Preparation. Amen. I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 9. It says, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, I read that to let you know where it comes from. It's actually coming from the Israelites and Moses in the wilderness. I'm not going to preach to you on this or minister to you on this, but this next verse, verse 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, that they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Lord, I love you, praise you, help me, Lord, to do your will and to talk your word. And God, I'm going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. God is preparing us today for a tomorrow. Every day that God gives you, Amen. Every day that God works with you. Amen. Every day you get up, there are things in that day that God has given you to prepare you for tomorrow. They have, sometimes they have this scavenger hunt. And you've got to go on a scavenger hunt. And you've got to get one thing before you can get another. And that is the way it is. God is preparing you for your tomorrow. And so, uh, just like with Moses, Moses it was raised in, in Egypt, and God was preparing him. Everyone that's born, everyone that's born, you that were born, God had a purpose for you. You weren't just an accident. You just did not come by accident, praise the Lord. God prepared a place for you. He knew he had a purpose. There was something that you were going to do. And we all go through life. Please hear me today. We all go through life. And it all depends on us whether we take advantage of everything that God has given us to prepare for or we just slap right through it. Praise God. From the messages to the word of God to everything that comes down our path. God has given us a smorgasbord of things. There, it's, it's like that car at the fair that you drive. And, and you can go from one side to the other, but there's that rail in there that stops you from going. Um, I could mentally struggle with learning, but I can do my best to learn, or I can go through life sloppily. 
Praise God. And the thing of it is, you know, God has given me today what I need to know for tomorrow. He's helping me. He's making me stronger. He put Moses through 40 years of being in Egypt, not by accident, not by just coincidence. He did it because he was training Moses to be a leader. He put him in the desert for 40 years. Because he was training him. Every day you live, God has given you things today to help you tomorrow. Praise God. Amen. It, it must have been a memorable time when Moses and Aaron first announced to the Israelites that God was going to deliver them from Egypt. You see, the Israelites had been in bondage for 400 years. That's longer than America's existed. So for 400 years, these people knew nothing about Pharaoh being God. I'm sure none of them has ever lived long enough to remember the coming into Egypt. This was where they was. God knew where they was. Praise the Lord. And God could have got them out of Egypt extremely fast. But God says, Amen. I've got to prepare them to leave Egypt. You know, God wants to do a lot of things for us. But sometimes he's got to prepare us before we can receive what God wants us to receive. I've often told God, I said, God, don't give me anything before my time. I will wait on it until it is my time. You see, Israel wanted to be delivered. Israel wanted to be out of bondage. But now the question was, was Israel ready to pay the price? There are some things you want with your spiritual walk with the Lord. There are some things you want in this life. But are you willing to pay the price? Praise God. Because with this life, you can get credit cards and get ahead of it. Or in that life, there is no credit. God gives it to you when you're ready for it. Praise God. You need to live the life to where, even in this life, you do not need to live above your means. You need to live within your means. Praise God. And, and so what, there's things that you want. Are you willing to pay the price for it? When I raised all four of my children, praise the Lord, my, boy worked for, my boys worked for me and did things, and there was jobs. And we bought them their normal things. You get tennis shoes. Well, I want the elaborate tennis shoes. Well, if you want the elaborate tennis shoes, then you're going to work and pay the difference. Praise the Lord. And they learned, amen, that they had to work for it. Praise the Lord. They had to go for it, and they had to get it. And so, amen, Israel wanted deliverance, but was Israel ready to pay the price? Because you see, there's a price for everything. Amen. God could have just walked them right out of Egypt. He could have just, he could have had the death of the firstborn, the very first thing that he did. And he could have walked them right out of Egypt. But God said, no, you're not ready for it. It's like two eggs that are hatching. If you watch that chick in that egg, and that chick reaches up and it's breaking off the egg, you do not do it any help by reaching up and helping it get out of the egg. 
Because that egg is the thing that sustains it and allows it to, to, to continue to live until it gets enough strength. When it gets enough strength to get out of that egg, then it's got enough strength to move around and do what it wants to do. You see, God could have caused them to come right out. There are times in our life when there are things we want from God and we want it right now. But he knows if he gives it to you that you will not be able to move on from that point. You see, Romans 9 and 17 says, For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that, I might, and that my name might be declared throughout the earth. You see, we don't like opposition, but we've got to realize opposition is good for us. The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. It is good for us. That person that cut us off on the highway, they're good for us. And the reason they're good for us, they show us the bad attitude we have in our heart. And God wants to get that bad attitude out of your heart. And so the best way he does it is, amen. You know, it's amazing when a person is caught off guard, they don't have time to put their false face on and they really act the way they are. And God will allow us to be caught off guard at times because he wants us to know what we're really like. Praise God. You see, them going into the wilderness was a big event. That was a tremendous event. And they weren't ready to go there. They wasn't ready to do that. God needed to see, praise God, God needed them to see, uh, God needed them to see all they saw. Got to write that, I should have wrote that a little different. God needed them to see all that they saw from the plagues down to the generosity of the Egyptians. You see, when they came, when Moses came into Egypt, Pharaoh was God. Taking them out of Egypt and them not having a God at all was a bad thing. God had to become their God before he could lead them out of Egypt. You see, There are times when we have things in this world that are our God. Anything, hear me today, anything that you put before God is your God. Amen. Anything that you put before God is your God. And you need to watch that. And so God wants to take away your God. God wants to remove your God. And so, praise the Lord, he has to take away that God before he can add a God. And and so he does that. And the way that he does that is, amen, he allows that, he, he begins to work in your life and he begins to bring things into your life that will cause you Amen. To back off and to not be happy. You know, you know, people that enjoy things in the world more than they enjoy things with God, there'll come a point in time 
where they'll get frustrated with the things of this world and realize they don't suffice me and move on. God wants to be their God. Because they just can't go out there alone. Amen. Amen. They saw Moses as a shepherd. Praise the Lord. And in Pharaoh's eyes, he was disgusting. In the Israelites' eyes, they probably felt disgusted. And Pharaoh was a god. How do you do that? You have to have a transaction. So what's God do? God says, all right. You know, we ask the Lord, why are you taking so much time? If you're really God, are you just working to get Pharaoh, the Israelites, out of Egypt? Or are you trying to uh, prepare them? What is it that you're doing? When you look at it, you've got to realize that God is preparing The Israelites, you see, there's a preparation and there's things in your life. You're saying, God, why can't you take care of this right now? It's because you're not ready for it to be taken care of. There's some things he's working in your life. I had a poem that I memorized. I asked the Lord a question. Why all of the trials and tests all my life seemed to be a struggle. When will I ever rest? He said, I'm like a miner that pines or that. Pants for gold each day, I must reach down and rid you from all the dirt and clay. I cover you with water and shake you all around and rid you from the rocks and dirt that try to hold you down. You are a tarnished nugget and my work has just begun until I begin to polish you like you're shining through the sun. You may not understand all the things you must go through. You're very precious in my sight. Pure gold someday I'll make you. You see, praise God, God is working in your lives. He brings things. It's not by coincidence that preachers preach some message. You know, it literally blows my mind. Let me just give you a testimony. You ready for a testimony? Okay. Praise the Lord. Caleb called me. And Caleb said, Dad, we've got these two huge dividers in the church. And he said, we have no room for them. We've been trying to get rid of them. He said, amen, he said, we're going to get rid of them. They're $1,000 a piece. They're very elaborate dividers. They're on rollers. They make about 10 foot of division. You just, I mean, they're just extremely. And I'm like, you know, Caleb, (laughs) I got my garage. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Caleb's like, I'm going to put one in my basement. And I'm like, well, I'm going to put one in the garage. And so then I get on the phone and I'm calling all these ministers, home missions churches. Do you, do you need a set of dividers? Do you need a set of dividers? Because if these churches need it, that's a $1,000 divider. And, 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 uh, um, and so, um, and so, they said, we'll get back with you. We'll get back with you. I took one to Caleb's house. I, I put one down in the, in, the garage, in the basement just last night, unloaded it. So I'm sitting at breakfast today with Brother Mike Wood. And Brother Mike's like, Brother White, you know what we ought to do? What should we do? He said, we ought to take that two Sunday school rooms that we have 
And we ought to get rid of that solid wall and just end up buying a divider. And I'm like, what did you just say? So I had to get back on the phone to all these people and say, the divider's answered for. The divider's me. Now, think about that. I wasn't supposed to go up to Caleb's yesterday. He was only supposed to bring my snowblower down. And I said, I will come up and I will help you. I'll get my snowblower and the things that you need to get back down to my house. And he said, oh, by the way, since you're coming up here, why don't we just go over? You can help me get those dividers out of the church. I said, sure. So we ended up putting them on. We put them on my trailer, and he's like, you know, what are we going to do with this? Now, I can set it out front and sell it or give it away. I said, no. I said, someone. Just think about that. God every day is preparing things. The thing of it is, hear me today. Please hear me today. If you acknowledge it and thank him for it, I promise you it'll probably happen more. You just thank him for it. And I'm like, oh, you wait till you see these things. I mean, they are, they are extremely uh, beautiful. Big rails on the side, you unlatch them, and they roll right out, and they'll open up, and they make a solid wall. Praise God. And we didn't have to pay for it. God sent them our way before we decided to use them. I was trying to get rid of them. Praise God. I mean, some of them was uh, some of our way station here in town and everything. He didn't say yes. He could have said yes. Then I would have been in trouble. But the thing of it is, God prepares you every day. He prepared Moses, he was preparing him for what was to come. The problem is, a lot of times, we don't pick up and use what God has given us to prepare. You know, I could go through life and, and never really learn anything. I could think I've got it all in my head. I know what I'm doing. I'm the teacher. I need to be teaching. And really, praise the Lord, God's sending us stuff. And we're constantly getting into a situation. And we're not understanding why. And that is because we're not willing to learn what God has given us every day. And there are things that come your way. That you can, you, you know, that God gives you, and you think, oh, that's not for me. Amen. But it is for you. You just don't understand it. I could have said, that dividers are not for us. Just set them out by the curb. And the next day I would have said, Caleb. Praise God. And that's not saying you need to keep everything that comes your way, okay? <laughs> But you've got to understand, they looked at Moses as a shepherd boy. And they looked at Pharaoh as a god. And they're going to, God's going to get Israel out of Egypt. And Moses is going to lead them when all of a sudden they just lost their god and they have no god. So what God's got to do is, God's got to let them know who is the real God. And so all of a sudden, he starts making Moses start to rise on the scale in front of the Israelites. And he starts making Pharaoh start to come down. Gradually. It might have took months. It might have been up to a year all this was going on. 
But God was just working on him and working on him and working on him. Praise the Lord. By the time they got to the wilderness, they were ready to believe God and worship God and follow God through Moses. Because this is what the Egyptians said. When the Egyptians were standing on the banks and they were watching the, uh, I'm sorry, when the Israelites were standing on the banks and they were watching the Israelites sink to the bottom of the water. In Exodus 14.31, it says, And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord, believed the Lord, and his servant Moses. They were willing to follow his servant Moses because they saw what God was doing. Open your eyes and watch what God is doing. That's why the Bible says, Know those that labor among you. Watch them. Praise God. God also wants us to learn that when we make it, it is only going to be by the power of God. The only reason this church does as well as it does is because God is in control. I mean, I'm telling you, I learned a long time ago. I have seen business people do businesses perfectly right and go under. I have seen people be so sloppy in their business and do well. Now you need to do the best you can and it does affect what you do. I have seen doctors do everything perfect and a patient die. I have seen doctors screw up horribly and the patient make it. God is still in control. If we're going to make it, it's going to be by God. And God's going to make sure. And if we have any self-righteous in us, if we have any pride in us, praise God. God's going to let us fall. He's going to let us hit the wall. He's going to let you do anything he can to teach you that it is by me that you're going to be saved. It is by me that you're going to be saved. You know, there's a couple things... That just just blew my mind. Let me just give you an illustration here tonight. I'm and it's I'm not sure it's really into the lesson, but I feel in the Holy Ghost to do it. If I had two bottles of water up here, and one was just a pure bottle of water that was bought, and the other was taken out of a creek somewhere and had some coloring to it. And I would take some bluing and put it into that bottle. Would those bottles look the same? No. The bluing didn't do its job, did it? Well, yeah, it did its job. You know what I have learned, what the Holy Ghost has showed me? And that is, we've all got a character. We have different characters. Some very boastful. Very confident, some very shallow, very insecure, some maybe forward, some maybe have a very kind spirit, some may be very mean spirit. And when the Holy Ghost comes into us all, we look at somebody that is very mean, and they're not as nice as somebody with a very nice character that's not a Christian. And we say, well, the Holy Ghost ain't doing its work. Think about it. 
we've all got characters. If you have a character where you're a pretty good Joe or whatever, or you, you don't struggle wanting to be mean and everything else, you ought to thank God through tears that he gave you that character. And not be proud because you're better than anyone else. You see, God's going to judge us based... That's why, that's why judgment is up to God. Because he knows everything. We can't judge one another. Judgment's up to God because he knows what's in that bottle before the blue ink gets in. He knows what's in that body before the Holy Ghost comes in. He knows what that person is. And so we can't, I was thinking about that. I was just, I was praying and meditating and letting my mind run and just, and just going and just going. And then, you know, that come to my mind. I'm like, oh God, that's good. But God's working with us. He's preparing each one of us. But it's what he's working with. Praise God. And that is we've all got characters. We've all got things we struggle with. And even though somebody might be a nice guy, he may be wicked in his mind. And although somebody might be wicked with their mouth, they're, they're not really wicked. We all have, we've all got our thing that we deal with. Praise God. And the thing of it is, Amen. God is trying to prepare that and get us out of that. You see, just as Pharaoh rejected God when he would not let the children go, we have to be careful sometimes because there are things in our lives that we do not allow God to have control. And when we do not allow God to have control, we become God. See, God, Moses, and Aaron said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, I'm not going to let them go. And that made him a God. God comes to us and says, I want you to repent and be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And we say, no. You see, our bodies are of the Lord. He created us and made us. Praise God. Acts 2 and John 3 tells us that. God demands us to be holy. Hebrews 12 and 10. Holiness. And that's talking about everything that you can think about holiness. We like to think about the things that we can do well and think damnation of the things that Others are doing that we can do well, but it's everything. We all struggle with holiness. I struggle with holiness. We all struggle with holiness. Praise God. But whenever I don't let God be God, I'm just as bad as Pharaoh is. Praise God. Oh, here's a good one. How about loving your brothers and your sisters and your neighbor? When we don't do that, Ephesians 4 and 2, 1 John 3 and 23, praise God, we're just putting ourselves up as God. So we can look at Pharaoh and we can say, oh, he was not a good situation. Yeah, he wasn't. But we get into the same thing. We know that God cannot put more on us than we can bear. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. 
In other words, praise the Lord, there's no new temptations. Somebody else has had your temptations. Somebody else has gone through it. But God is faithful. Praise God. That's the wonderful thing about when you have a temptation, minister to others that do. You know, somebody told me one day, said, you cannot tell me that God can deliver me from alcoholism. I said, God can deliver you from everything. He said, you can't tell me that. I said, why can't I tell you that? He said, because he's never done it for you. That's why we need different ministries that reach out to different things. Praise God. But God cannot put, God does not put more on you than you can bear. And of course, I always say, but we always put more on ourselves than we can bear. We say, God, you wouldn't put more on we can bear. Before you say that, look at the stuff you put on yourself. Praise God. He won't put more on you than you can bear. But is tempted or tempted beyond which you can not say, I can't do it. Boy, I need that scripture. But with the temptation will also make a way of an escape that you may be able to bear it. He will not allow you to go through things that you cannot make. You can make it. Always remember that. If you're struggling with something, if God's working with you, praise God, you can make it. Praise God. Now, this, I love this. Have you ever gone to the doctor and the doctor gave you some medicine? And the doctor would say to you, take this medicine it may get worse before it gets better. Praise the Lord. Do you ever have them do that? Praise the Lord. Well, it's a concept that people have to, people go through. Amen. Doctors do that. And the reason they do that is a little bit of a, a sidekick in the fact that, amen. It will get worse before it gets better. Amen. You know, Israel, Israel wanted to be delivered. The Egyptians had them under bondage. They prayed that God would deliver them. God came in and started to do the deliverance process. And Moses went down and he met with Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh turned to the Egyptians and said in Exodus 5 and 2, he said, who is this Lord? In other words, I don't even know his voice. That I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Now, I'm going to read to you a little bit out of verse 7. It says, ye shall no more give the people straw and make bricks. From henceforth, let them go and gather the straw themselves. And the tail of the bricks which they did make thereof, they shall lay upon them. They shall not diminish aught. In other words, they should make the same amount. Therefore, let they, let their, they are idle. Therefore, they cry, saying, let us go and sacrifice unto God. Let their more work be laid upon the men. And they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. And the taskmasters of the people went out, and their officers. And they spake unto the people, saying, Thus say Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye and get your own straw, and find it. Let, yet not, let your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad thereof, 
all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters hastened them, saying, Fulfill your works, your daily task, and when there is no straw. Now listen to what happened. And the officers of the children of Israel, which favors taskmasters set over them, were beaten and demanded, and therefore having filled their task in making brick, both yesterday and the day as henceforth, when the officers of the children of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou with us as servants? There is no straw given unto the servants. And they say unto us, Make brick, and behold, thy servants are beaten, and the fault is in thine own people. But he said unto them, Ye are idle, ye are idle. Therefore I say unto you, let us, make, let us go and sacrifice unto the Lord. Go ye therefore now and work, for there shall no straw be given you, yet shall ye deliver the tale of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were evil in the case. After it they said, Ye shall not minish aught from your bricks and your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way. And as they forth from Pharaoh, and they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because ye have made our Savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand and slay us. Now think about it. Praise God. Coming to the Lord and all of a sudden things get hotter in your life. We can say without a doubt, I'm telling you, whatever I've got to do to miss hell, I ought to be willing to do it. You see, let us out of Egypt. God, we want to get out of the taskmaster. We want to get out of the taskmaster. We want to get out of the taskmaster. Yes, God says, but you're not ready to go. The very first test that came, praise God, was a test that showed they're not ready to pay the price. They're not ready to pay the price. They started to cry. Oh, we got beaten. I don't want to minimize what they went through. But it surely could not be as big as what God wanted to do. You see, we want things in life. We want things in God. But are we willing to pay the price? If you want a ministry, ministers, I want you to know something. God is going to put you on your face in a carpet at times. If you want to be close to God, the devil is going to see that. Pharaoh is going to see that. And you're really going to have your Pharaoh moments. You're really going to feel your beatings. You're really going to have to go through some things to get closer to God. God has to get rid of you before he can come in. He has to get rid of your will before his will can come in. You know, it's, I just thought of this. The Holy Ghost, maybe the Holy Ghost just gave me this. You know, you got one guy here that's got a tremendous will. And I want God in my life. And God has got to give him, 
get rid of his wheel to make him center again before he can. And he did it with Moses. Moses says, and when he was an Egyptian, he's living under the Egyptian rule. He's like, I'll take it into my own control. And then all of a sudden, Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness with a huge failure. And he didn't feel worthless of anything. That's generally where the way God would work with you better. And God said, Moses, I want you to do something for me. And now instead of being overconfident, Moses is underconfident. And God says, I want you to do something. No, not me. Not me. Used every excuse in the book. Threw everything out there. And God says, no, I'm going to use you. And he had to work Moses over here. You see, over here, Moses was going to do it on his own. Over here, Moses couldn't do it at all. But right here, Moses learned he could do it with God. God's preparing you. God's making you. Look at your life. If your life is a miserable life, somewhere you're missing things God is sending you. Somewhere, praise God, God is sending you things. But there's a price to pay. You say, God, I want this. I want salvation. Well, there's going to be people that I want to be holy. There's going to be people who ain't going to be happy with you being holy. You may even find a Christian that doesn't think they have to be holy that gives you a hard time. Praise God. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay to be a Christian. There's a price to pay to be a preacher. There's a price to pay. And and look what happened to Moses, verse 22. And Moses returned in the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou evil entreated this people? God, what are you doing? I didn't want to be here to begin with. You sent me into this situation. You know, I, I, I can see where Moses is coming from. Because there is the inner heart of a person. Moses' inner heart wanted to save the people of Israel from Egypt. But Moses' outer heart was like, just leave me alone. I'm doing a very good job. I'm having a great life out in this desert, Lord. I've got a wife. I've got kids. I've got all these things. I don't have to struggle. I don't have to put up with all this stuff. I will not have to put up with their murmuring, their complaining. And you probably could see it. He's like, Lord, what are you doing? I was out in the desert. I was having a great life. And God's like, that's not your inner heart. Shut up and get over it, Moses. Swallow it. Praise God. And when you go to do some things for the Lord, there'll be some struggles. There'll be some people that'll put you down. There'll be people that'll, that'll say things to you when you try to live holy, when you try to live righteously, when you try to live godly, when you try to live according to the book. You see, the closer you live according to the book, the less you'll find around you. And the harder it'll be. What are you doing, God? Verse 23. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak thy name, he hath done evil to the people. It's not turned out to be good. We're doing what God wants us to do. Have you ever done something for someone and, it, and, and, and you really did it for a good purpose and you lovingly did it and it turned out to be a mess? And you say, Lord, what am I doing? 
they may not be able to see it was a good thing, but you saw it was a good thing. But then the Lord said, but verse 6 and 1, if you'll have it up on the board. Then the Lord said unto Moses, there's two key verses in here. The first verse is now. And that verse lets us know that God has a timing. Now shall thou see what I, the next key word in this thing is I, I'm going to do. In my timing, I'm going to do it. Those are the two key verses in that. I will do to Pharaoh. Now I can show you, praise God, what I'm about to do. You see, the things that are going on in our lives, the struggles that we're going through, the situations, the accidents, the car accidents, praise God, that we've gone through, the stroke that Tim has gone through, praise God, amen, the situations that we've gone through, God is going to teach us some things in that. If we would just get past saying, God, what are you doing? Why did this happen? Why did this go through? Why did this divorce happen? Why did that person treat me like that? Why did I lose that job? Why is not things going? Why were they not the person that I was going to marry? And die, yeah, 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 yeah. And you could go through it all. Why did my dog die? Praise God. Why did I hit that person in an accident? Why did all this happen? God is trying to teach us. Praise God. And just like God was preparing the Israelites to get out of Egypt, God is preparing you because tomorrow there's going to be something that you will need. And he's saying, I am getting you ready for tomorrow. But the thing of it is, it is a plate that it is a smorgasbord that is set before us. Are we willing to take advantage of it? Or are we going to go to God and complain and say, God, what are you doing? Why did you let that happen? Why did that happen like it did? Why did that person die before they should have? Why that? It's because God is preparing us. Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand. Aren't you glad God's getting you ready? Praise the Lord. God's getting us ready. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this day. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move. Move upon us, dear Lord. Help us to lean into you. Help us to trust you. Help us to love for you. Help us to live for you. God, in the name of Jesus, let us put self away and put you first. God, we're going to give you the praise and the glory and the honor. God, we're going to love you. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. You do such a wonderful job. God, let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. Bring us back tonight. Let us worship, praise, magnify you, for you are great and greatly to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Can everyone say amen?